Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Wicked Bandwidth podcast. I am your host, Brian Fonfara, and on today's show, we'll be talking about the importance of strong connectivity in your building. But first, I'll have to deliver the bad news and good news. The bad news is that Wicked Bandwidth president Michael Murphy will not be joining us this week. The good news, though, is that he stepped aside for this episode so we could host two fantastic guests. Today, we have with us Dave Miller and John Miko of Wired Score. Dave Miller is the general manager of Boston, and John Miko is the director of engineering over at Wired Score. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having us on. Doing well. Thanks, Brian. Glad to hear it. I want to thank both of you for joining us today. Excited to have you on with us. Uh, Why don't we just go ahead and get started? Um, Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your roles with the company and uh, what Wired Score does? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we'll start with Wired Score. Um, Wired Score is fundamentally a, a rating of digital connectivity and infrastructure in office buildings. I think a really quick backstory as to where this came from. Um, tenants were moving into buildings in New York City around uh, 2012, 2013, finding out that buildings did not have the infrastructure and the connectivity to meet their needs. And, and that was causing either expensive um, costs or, or delays in, in getting moved in. Um, those complaints made their way to the mayor's office, uh, who tasked our founder with coming up with a solution to that. Um, that solution is wired certification. And the goal is to benchmark connectivity so we can talk about connectivity when you're moving into an office building. Very good. Um, can you kind of break down the importance of having highly rated connectivity in a building? Uh, what benefit is it to have, you know, above a certain score? Sure. Yeah. I think it's been a shift over the last, you know, five years, call it, where, where you know, connectivity has gone from a nice to have for tenants to a must have for tenants. Um, so, you know, the, the breakdown is that, you know, tenants, when they're moving into an office, really care about a, a few things. But, you know, first and foremost is, are they going to be able to get reliable internet connectivity in their space? Um, and how quickly is that connectivity going to be set up in their space? Um, so, you know, for us, when we're evaluating a building where we want to, you know, evaluate all of those different components that will, you know, underpin those two themes for tenants um, to ensure that when they're moving into an office building, they're able to get connected very quickly and get connected with high speed, reliable Internet access from a multitude of different options. Um, so. When we're evaluating a building, we want to see that, you know, a tenant isn't going to be locked into one or two ISPs um, that will basically be able to name their price and, and you know, tenants don't have an option. Um, we want to see that there's, you know, a plethora of different options available to them. So that way they're able to, you know, play those providers off each other, get the best possible pricing for their business with the best possible service for their need. And Brian, I think another, you know, a, a short story that um, I always thought was entertaining, a co-working space uh, that I won't mention the name of in London um, had a particularly tough August a few years ago. In, in the course of uh, one week, they had a sewage backup and they had their HVAC go down. Just not a pleasant <laughs> experience uh, to have in August. Uh, tenants continued to work in the building, uh, you know, while well, inconvenienced. They were still able to work there. Um, two weeks later, the building had a fiber line hit in the street by an excavator doing some utility work. And internet was cut off because the building did not have redundant uh, and resilient connectivity. 400 people streamed out of the co-working space and, and were either going home, um, you know, going to coffee shops, uh, but most importantly, complaining that they couldn't be working out of space like that. And 
potentially looking for, for new co-working spaces. Uh, you know, I, I tell the story because I think it really represents the importance of connectivity today. And uh, within a co-working space, you of course have this wide variety or wide spectrum of different businesses uh, doing mm -hmm. different types of work, but every single one of them was relying on connectivity and, and kind of had to put a hold on the workday when that happened. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you don't think about how important it is until it's not there, right? So, you know, connectivity is pretty ubiquitous in our society and everywhere you go, you, you feel pretty connected. Um, but when the internet's not there and it goes out in a building, it's a huge, huge issue for the tenants. Um, so what we're doing with our certification is trying to uncover that information up front to allow tenants to move in to the best connected office buildings with you know the best possible redundancy and resiliency for their business. So when you go in and you rate a building, what would you classify as a good score, a great score, you know, a score that you would say, yeah, you should definitely consider moving into this building? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I think to back up, we've got four levels of certification. Um, so it starts at wired certified, and then from there it goes up to wired certified silver, wired certified gold, and wired certified platinum. Uh, platinum is our highest level of certification. That is, you know, it's really an incredible achievement. We see it primarily in new construction, and as a sort of back of the envelope stat, we've got um, right around 10% or less of the buildings across the United States, and that's about 1,400 buildings certified that are achieving platinum right now. Uh, we're seeing silver or gold to be sort of the main area in which buildings are, are um, able to achieve certification without sort of making massive improvements. Um, and I think that probably more important than certification level is actually having the information mm -hmm. about your building's connectivity and having that information uh, in a way that you can convey it quickly easily and digestibly to a tenant or to a prospective tenant. Um, in the same way that uh, a broker on tour has 20 minutes to talk about everything the building possibly has, they're not going to dive into um, high efficiency air handlers and heat pumps. They're going to tell you the building is LEED certified um, and mm -hmm. brokers not going to tell you that a building has multiple points of entry and dual risers to provide redundancy to tenants. They're going to tell you the building's wired certified. Um, so as far as scoring goes, you know, silver to gold is probably the, the shorter answer, but we love to see landlords that are striving to, to take connectivity sort of by the horns and, and prioritize it and ensure that their buildings are going to meet the needs of any tenant that, uh, that might be moving in. Yeah. And what makes a building platinum is essentially a few things, but um, you know, choice of provider is, is first and foremost. So typically we'll see four to five different high speed providers in a, in a platinum building. Um, high speed meaning that the transmission medium is either fiber um, for wireline connectivity or fixed wireless. So essentially a fiber connection um, via the roof, fiber like type connection over the roof. Um, so, you know, that'll enable tenants to kind of have their choice of, you know, how they want to get connected. If they want a primary circuit from a fiber provider and a backup from fixed wireless to avoid having a single point of failure in the street, that's great. Um, or if they want to have, you know, redundancy um, in, in, their, in their setup within their office, um, Platinum Buildings will offer that. So you'll have redundant POEs on different sides of the building, two risers to the tenanted floors. Um, so that way, if, if you're moving in and selecting your ISPs, you're able to get a primary circuit via one pathway and a physically redundant 
circuit via a separate pathway all the way from the street to your floor. Um, we also want to see that buildings are able to accommodate new ISPs as well. So, you know, in, in cities like Boston, you know, with an older, older building stock, um, capacity is often the issue. You know, we'll see jammed point of entry conduits in the street, which will cost essentially, you know, 40 grand to install a new conduit or, you know, risers that are, have legacy copper cabling all the way to the 30th floor that's clogging up the riser pathways. Um, where you're going to be spending five to six grand per floor to core drill. Um, we want to see that buildings are, you know, getting ahead of that and proactively freeing up space within their base building infrastructure to accommodate new ISPs. So that way, if you're a tenant who uses level three at all of your other offices, you're able to move in, you know, pretty quickly um, and get your connectivity up to your suite um, with a provider that isn't yet in the building. Would you say that most building owners have a solid grasp of how well connected their building is? Or in your experience, do you run into a lot of situations where they think maybe they scored platinum, but they ended up getting silver or gold? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the short answer is absolutely not. I think that uh, most building owners, uh, and, and of course, a generalization here, uh, I don't want any un unhappy clients of ours to, to, to come after me on this one, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, as a general rule, uh, landlords are incredibly knowledgeable. They know everything about their buildings from, you know, little parts that make the elevators work and turn excuse me, turnstiles, um, connectivity and telecom infrastructure has been a black hole. And, and I think that's a big part of what we've been helping with is uncovering uh, exactly what's in the building and, and giving them that information in a, in a digestible way. I know a lot of the conversations I've had with landlords, property managers, they've said, well, we have three or four providers in the building and we think, you know, we know it's these, these providers. Um, sure enough, John's team will go in to perform an audit of the building and find out that they've actually got six providers and that because the building has changed hands so many times over the years and connectivity has been pushed onto tenants as a sort of tenant problem, mm -hmm. um, there's been really no great documentation of connectivity. Um, and so we're, we're finding that landlords really need our help to both understand what they have, but also to understand what they need to be thinking about when they're looking at budgets so that uh, they can ensure that this won't be something that blocks a lease that's right on the goal line about to get signed. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh wait, this building doesn't have what we need. And, there, and there's never really been a measure for, for ensuring that data is, is you know, kept with integrity as well. So if you go to any building website, you're typically going to see, you know, a telecom section under the building fact sheet um, that will probably have at least two to three providers that have been out of business for the past five to 10 years. <laughs> um, so when we're going into a building, you know, where a building owner might think they have three ISPs um, and, and sure enough, it's, it's Light Tower, Veroxity. Um, in Crown Castle, and now that is just one entity, Crown Castle Fiber. So tenants may have thought they had, you know, a plethora of options to choose from, but sure enough, it's it's one provider or one network that's offering service. So um, when we're going in, we're trying to true up that information, ensure that it is um, kept up to date for future tenants when they're moving in, and so that way they're they're able to clearly see exactly what's there. Very good. So how does adding service providers impact your score? Uh, is it the same between a, a wired connection and a fixed wireless connection or would those score differently? 
So typically what we're seeing is that a lot of the buildings that we're certifying typically will have fiber already in the building. Um, you know, maybe two or three providers, pretty good infrastructure, the ability to add new ISPs. Um, but oftentimes fixed wireless is kind of the, the difference between silver, gold, gold or platinum, just because it hasn't been a prevalent technology that was available to tenants for a very long period of time. Um, I worked in New York during Hurricane Sandy and saw, you know, how beneficial fixed wireless became over the, the three to six months when all the networks in downtown Manhattan were, were out and it was going to take, you know, nine months to, to run new conduit in the street because all the cabling was, was completely dead and, and clogging up the, the pathways underground. Um, fixed wireless was a lifeline for a lot of businesses. So, so that's a, a big part of our scorecard. Um, it's, it's, met, it's weighted equally to fiber, but I would say most buildings have fiber. A lot of buildings do not have fixed wireless. So um, that will you know, typically be an area for improvement when we're going through a building that we're identifying all the ISPs that are there, but we're also giving them you know, the roadmap to how to get to a higher score. And that will typically take the form of fixed wireless, maybe some infrastructure work. Um, but that's often you know, the difference between one certification level to the next for ownership. So they're, they're working proactively to try to upgrade those offerings for tenants. And, and Brian, one of the things that's that's funny, but also a little scary, is um, the amount of times we've gotten into a building and we've been working with a tenant in a in a certified building who says, "Oh no, no, we're we're paying for redundant fiber. We've got service through Comcast, but we also pay for Cogent as our backup service." And uh, you know, after we've uh, and John's team has create you know done their evaluation on the building, it comes out that well, Cogent is actually leasing cable from Comcast. Uh, that's not redundant, right? If that line gets hit, if that line goes down, uh, that service that you've been paying for for God knows how long is not going to be there to support you. Um, so when tenants come to us in a wired certified building and say, I need truly redundant service to ensure that my business never goes offline, uh, we're, we're often suggesting fixed wireless to them as, as a great form of redundancy um, that, that sort of does not rely on that below ground infrastructure. Yeah. And it's, it's also, uh, you know, a means for getting connectivity to a place that traditionally didn't have it. So um, I'm based in New York. We do a lot of work in Brooklyn and Long Island city where there's, you know, redevelopments happening in industrial areas that have traditionally never had a need for high speed, reliable connectivity. Most of the buildings have, you know, copper or coax cabling. The underground infrastructure is 80 to 90 years old. So running new cabling through it is going to cost you about 180 grand um, to do for a new building. So, you know, fixed wireless has been a means of, of getting connectivity out to areas that are traditionally underserved pretty quickly um, and allow businesses to start operating there, you know, while the fiber providers catch up. Very good. Uh, gentlemen, are there any you know, final things that you'd like to share before we close out this podcast? Anything the about wired score, wicked bandwidth, anything you didn't get to touch on earlier? No, I think, I think we covered everything. Um, you know, we, if people have questions, they can feel free to reach out. Uh, I can be reached at Dave at wiredscore.com. We're also hiring for a number of roles, uh, sort of across the, across the globe. Um, so certainly check that out as well. And, um, you know, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thanks. For Thanks, Brian. Me. Absolutely. Again, thank you guys very much for taking the time to join us today. We appreciate it very much. 
Uh, to learn more about Wired Score, uh, Dave gave you his email there. You can also just visit wiredscore.com. To learn more about Wicked Bandwidth and how we can help improve your building's connectivity, you can visit us online at wickedbandwidth.com. For more episodes of the Wicked Bandwidth podcast, you can subscribe to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud, or you can go to wickedbandwidth.com slash wickedpodcasts. Thank you for listening.